When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. Baby bottle pop. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Baby bottle pop. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Anthony. Anthony. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony. Boy, you guys have a lot to say when you're not here. Good evening, everyone. And welcome. 2-E-N-N. Ray Row. Just on Ray Row, no T-We, as everybody knows. I am Anthony Pusick, and I am here with the great Larry Hardesty. Okay, and Gordon Damer. What color is the sky where you live? I think it's the same place that it always is. Same color as everywhere else there it is. But it's nice to have you guys here today. Yeah. Now, if you're wondering where Michael, Don, and Peter are, Michael's Mm -hmm. on vacation, as we know. Mm -hmm. Uh... Peter also has the day off. He will be back tomorrow with Don. But we don't know where Peter is, but we know where Don is, guys. Because at 2.11 today, Don tweeted, took the day off to take the kids to see the new Puss and Boots movie back tomorrow. Now, Puss and Boots, of course, is the character, but uh, Don said Poos. We never know. And that. It's a bootleg version. That has a, It could be a bootleg version. Maybe it's not for the kids. Did you think you needed to get tickets early for that show, guys? Show of hands. I will say this, when there is a thing for kids of that age, you are so desperate to get them out of the house and doing something (laughs) where you don't have to actually do anything, those things do book up quickly, so I would say that there probably was greater interest in Puss in Boots than you would expect. So you just had to confirm it, you had to say, yeah, we we have to go to this. Gotta go. Well, you don't want to miss out the, you don't want to get the kids ready for Puss in Boots. And then you show up at Puss in Boots, and then you don't have the tickets to Puss in Boots or Poos in Boots. Either one, any boots, poos, anything. You don't want to. You don't want to go down that road. If you're promising them boots, if you're promising them poos, you want to make sure that there's either poos or boots or both. Because otherwise, there's some splaining to do. Right, and it's not good. Yes, not good. Not good. Mm -mm. Well, guys, rare day on the Michael K Show. Baseball led the show today because there was a big signing by who other than. Steve Cohen and the New York Mets. Carlos Correa, 12-year, $315 million contract. We've talked about it all day. Buster only on DNR in the wake, in the early hours of the morning, which you will then now be able to hear Rick and Dave from 6 to 10 starting January 3rd on 98.7 as part of our new lineup. Hey, hey. But Buster came on because he's always awake because he grew up on a farm. And he said on DNR this morning that Steve Cohen doesn't care who he offends. It's not the old-fashioned baseball where teams paint within the lines. You know, when Steve Cohen has approved his ownership, some of the other owners want to hear. So you're not going to do something crazy, right? When you build your, your holiday ornaments, you're not going to fill your, your, your house with all lights that cover every side and are, you know, eight stories high. And Steve Cohen goes, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm going to do. And instead, he goes the opposite direction. <laughs> and and it is fun, and it is cool to see someone who's got a lot of money 
who decides, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I offend my neighbors. I'm going to build something bright and shiny, and I want to have the brightest and the shiniest in our neighborhood. Look, the guys in the morning talked about it. This is the fan, when we're all sitting around on the couch, that said, if I had all the money in the world and I owned my team, this is what I would do. I'd get this guy, I'd get this guy, I'd get this guy. I would make the scoreboard bigger, I would change the right field wall. Well, Steve Cohen's doing all that. And the good thing is, he's only spending like 1% of his net worth. So, (laughs) there's plenty more money to spend if you're the Mets and if you're Steve Cohen. Um... Jeff Passan was on Barton Hahn, guys. This was interesting. I, I don't even know how this came up, but he, they were asked about a message to any Met fans concerned they'll have to blow it up. There are four years between now and then. Chill. Honestly, how about you spend a single solitary moment enjoying the fact that your owner is going out and spending half a billion dollars on a baseball team and trying to bring this team a championship for the first time since 1986 and back to the World Series for only the second time since the third time. But enjoy this. I don't think a salary cap, by the way, is in baseball's future at any point. And perhaps games will be lost over that contention, but the fact is owners and players agreed to this collective bargaining agreement. They agreed to set the upper limit of the competitive balance tax at $293 million. And they did so knowing that anybody, whether it is Steve Cohen, Hal Steinbrenner, John Henry, Tom Ricketts, Mark Walter, any of them can go and spend as much money as they want at any time. The New York Mets just happen to have the owner who actually does. Look, guys, you guys were through it in the 90s and the 2000s. Were, was George Steinbrenner and the Yankees concerned about a potential lockout with all the money they were spending? <laughs> no. It's, it's funny, though. I don't feel like the media coverage of when the Yankees were doing this type of thing was nearly as rosy and as positive as it is right now. And I completely agree with Jeff Passan's point. Like, Je- John Henry of the Red Sox. I mean, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean. Being a Red Sox fan today? If you're not spending money right now as a team that has the money to do so, not every team has the money to do what the Yankees Red the Sox Mets, do, but the Red Sox do, and they yes. are not doing it. And if I, if you're a Red Sox fan today, you've got to be beside oh, you yourself. Gotta be sick. This after trading away your franchise player in Mookie Betts a couple of years <laughs> That's ago. That's right. That's right. What was that money? What were you using that money for? <laughs> I don't know. Now, now, Larry, you're a Met fan. Yes. If you, if if there is another lockout in four years, let's say. Mm-hmm. But, but in those four years, the Mets go to three World Series and win two of them. Do you care if there's a lockout? Uh, no. Right. So, I, you know, to me... I'll be, be honest, ha- Larry. If they win one World Series in that time, do you care that there's a lockout? Uh, no. Yeah. Right. Well, I, and if I they was, win no World Series, you know. I feel like no, I'm being generous with I, the I, two. I, yeah, yeah, if you, I wouldn't if, care if there's a lockout, but I'd be upset. If, if, <laughs> if Steve Cohen's spending is the reason there's a lockout, but the Mets happen to win one to two World Series, you know who's not going to care? The Mets fan. No. I, that's Not why I don't all. get this whole idea about we have to be so concerned about what's good for baseball and bad for ba- If you're a Yankee fan or you're a Met fan, you know you can spend as much money as you want. So why do you care? In the four years, if you win a World Series because of what you've done, and yeah, maybe it leads to a lockout, so be it. But, but well, I mean, the, the owners, the owners would in. only have themselves to blame. Like, well, who, yeah. who, who are they pointing the finger at? Right. Themselves. Right. <laughs> Wait a second, this guy who has all this money is coming in and spending all this money. Steve oh, Cohen promised this us was gonna happen? he wouldn't go over the... Okay. He sure. didn't. Yeah, the first right. year. Right. First yeah. year, yeah. I, I, I gave my word. I'm not doing it. I'm not right. doing it. Well, now it's year two. I want to spend some money. I'm not you doing know. it. Um, you know. 
There was other news in sports today, guys, really? in New York. Yeah. It is my great pleasure, thankfully, despite a brief absence, technically speaking, to welcome Aaron not only back to the Bronx, but to welcome Aaron back to the Bronx as the 16th captain of this great organization, the New York Yankees. That, of course, is George. Oh, sorry, not George. Hal Steinbrenner. He just acted like George during the negotiations. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner naming Aaron Judge the 16th captain in Yankee history after also uh, announcing now the official nine-year, $360 million contract uh, that Aaron Judge uh, agreed to before he went on his honeymoon. So I guess everything went well with his physical after he came back from Hawaii. Um, and Derek Jeter was there. So when you saw Derek Jeter on the dais, guys, you kind of had an idea what was going to happen today. Um, of course, J- Jeter being the last captain. Uh, here's Aaron Judge on being named Yankee captain. That goes without saying what an honor that is. You know, I look back at the list of, you know, Thurman Munson, Lou Gehrig, Ron Guidry, you know, Willie Randolph, Derek Jeter, Don Mattingly. You know, that's, that's that's a pretty good list right there. You know, not only great baseball players, but great ambassadors of the game and great ambassadors of the New York Yankees. You know, how they pride themselves on the field day in and day out, how they take pride in what they do off the field to represent this organization and represent these pinstripes, man. This is an incredible honor that, you know, I don't take lightly and, you know, I'm going to continue to try to be, you know, the same leader that I've been, you know, the past six years, uh, continue to lead by example. And you know, I know there's probably going to be a couple more responsibilities with this, but, you know, I'm here to embrace every single obstacle and, you know, continue to lead this team and lead this city to not one, but, you know, multiple championships down the road. It's almost as if Aaron got some advice from somebody who's been there before. You don't have to change who you are or how you go about your business. I think the reason why he was named the captain is because how he's handled himself. And I remember when the boss named me captain, he told me don't change anything. You know, I think your responsibility somewhat, I don't even know want to, I don't even know if I can say get bigger because he always has a lot of responsibilities. But I think you now people look up to you a little bit more, look to you a little bit more, I should say, whether it's young players coming through the organization, free agents that come over here, everyone tends to look in your direction. So I think he'll continue to handle himself the way he has. And I'm just happy for the organization, the Yankees. I'm sure this wasn't a requirement for Judge when he signed this contract, but I think it was a foregone conclusion, guys. If you were going to pay nine years and $40 million for Aaron Judge, he was probably going to be named the captain. Based on what everybody was saying before he went to free agency, how Rizzo said he was respected in the clubhouse, Nestor Cortez basically called him the captain without him even being the captain during the uh, playoff run. Um, so this was kind of expected. Still a nice day for Aaron and his family and the Yankees because on a day where Steve Cohen makes a big splash, it's nice that you can announce that Aaron judges the Yankee captain and that he has a nine-year, $40 million average annual value contract. Having covered Derek Jeter during his years with the Yankees, it, I mean, Aaron Judge is the closest thing to Derek Jeter that you can have. So even if he's been the de facto captain anyway he's acted like the captain he's carried himself as the captain of the team so it was a no-brainer you knew eventually he was going to be the next captain and uh, listen he's not going to change who he is I mean guys if he didn't change who he was going through this chase this this home run chase where he could have started swinging the pitches and could have started doing a bunch of different things on and off the field he's not going to change now yeah he's got a He's got a bigger, he's got a bit more pressure on him because depending on what happens with this team, he's still expected to carry this team and play a major role in this team because of salary. Because one thing about fans, I don't care who it is, whether it's Correa, whether it's Judge, whether it's Verlander, you're making money, fans expect you to live up to the contract that you're making, the money that you're earning. So clearly he's going to have pressure to try to continue to be a successful player and to be healthy. 
But as far as him being a captain, that was a no-brainer. He he walked in like the captain. Every every person I spoke to uh, that was with me when we, you know, along that that Jeter era that we covered the team, they all said, gosh, he's he's a lot like Jeter. <laughs> so it was a no-brainer for me. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, no, not really a not really a shock, right? The only no. shock was whether or not he was going to be back. <laughs> if he came back, he was going to be the captain. Arson is still out there. We don't know yes, where he's Arson going. Arson is yet. still available. Maybe he's we can still get available. Arson to play left field. <laughs> you can't be no worse than what you got. But this no. was but this was the this was the day of announcing signings for the Yankees. So the Carlos mm-hmm. Rodon deal also announced today, six year contract through the twenty twenty eight season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Canley, uh, a familiar face, um, he went to the Dodgers, I believe, while he was undergoing while he had uh, when he went underwent Tommy John surgery and, and pitched a little bit for them this year. Um, but he has a two year deal, and to make room on the roster, uh, Gordon, I hope you're sitting down. The Yankees designated Lucas Litke for assignment. Oh, is that right? Really? Yeah, well, I, that's not all that much of a surprise. You're not bent out of shape about that? No, one. I'm not bent out of shape about okay. that. Okay. I, I can deal. All right. All right. Well, that's okay then. Um, guys, I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like Wink Martindale's good for two or three good sound bites a week mm-hmm. during his press conferences. So here he is talking about Justin Jefferson. I told the defense, I said that, you know, he's one of the top two receivers in this league and he's not number two. So he's had a phenomenal year. Their whole offense has. It's one of those things that they throw him the ball and he can be in double or triple coverage and he still catches it. So I know it's fun for the fan to watch. It's not very fun for the defensive coordinator. Giants, of course, playing the Vikings uh, this weekend. Um, Let's hear what Wink Martindale had to say about Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach. Kevin does a great job calling the offense. I said it's unfair, you know, I'm the blue-collar guy going against Harry Styles. You know, he's a good-looking young guy, so I really like Kevin. I think he's done a great job of not only calling the offense, but the entire team. I like Wink. First of all, because he's just done a great job for the defense. Do you think Wink gets any more interviews for head coaching jobs this offseason? I would think so. I would, too. I would think he would. And the question would be, would he leave? Would he would, would he consider, and obviously you want that head coaching job, I get it, but he's on the ground floor of something, guys, that you're building, that you see some, yeah, we know it's a lot of work to do with the Giants, but considering the success they've had, what they've been able to do with little, for him, does he want to ride with that? Does he want to be on the ground floor and see what happens? Or does he jump at the first job or because of the way things are does he say you know what let me pick and choose where i want to go oftentimes you know you don't do that right you oh they, they want to head coach okay me 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 but you know uh, i think he's going to get i think he's going to get a bunch of different looks selfishly i doesn't i hope he doesn't leave sure um but he's right. certainly given himself uh, 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 uh the way he carries himself with the media he seems like a a, a fun-loving kind of guy um He's been in the league forever. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't get a shot. It, it, one of these teams, that, 60, especially oh, a team that he's defense. He's 60 years old, has not gotten that crack yet. I don't know. I, I, I was just th- thinking that, uh, thinking out loud kind of thing. I, I think yeah. when he was, inter- I think he interviewed someplace else, and it was like he, he made it clear that he wanted to get a job to be a head coach. I mean, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to be a head coach? Of course. Right? I mean, um, and um, you just kind of wonder, based on the Giants' success this year, that's one of the problems of having the success is that sometimes yeah. you lose some people that help build you that success. And I think, too, that because of – I didn't get, I didn't see a lot of him, obviously, in Baltimore, but I think because of the way he's handled the media, it's only, it's only heightened his, his, his mm-hmm. ability to, you know, hey – Look how he handles that New York media. He's witty. He has nice things to say. He's, you know, he gives you that little spark and whatnot. So I think it makes him even a bit more attractive right. to, get, to get a team. If you can navigate that, maybe outside of Dallas, I think you, you could probably make it anywhere. Uh, 
in the NFL. Jerry does a pretty good job of handling the Dallas media on well, his yeah, own. Well, he handles. Yeah, he doesn't need any help. He is. He he is the representative of the Cowboys, and he will let you know, and you already know, and don't forget it. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Guys, um, obviously, uh, a, a big topic in college uh, athletics over the last couple of years has been NIL. Uh, players being able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, a proponent against that has been Clemson football coach Dabo Sweeney, of course, because a team like Clemson and the ACC, who has made a living off of being so good and then just being able to get every player because they're so good, now has to now compete with teams that just have to be able to give them money. Um, but Dabo Sweeney had... Some I feel like it's breaking news. He says that his team has been doing NILs for years. We built this program on NIL. We really did. It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We, we built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. And that's how I look at it. So as things have changed, God has always been the foundation of what I do. And, you know, we've been dealing with his name, image, and likeness for a long time. And I think as this new era has come forward, God just continues to bless us here at Clemson. I love college football. What is he even talking about? Well, I just I think I mean, it's been in God's. I rolled my eyes too hard there. God's name, image, and likeness, yes. Gordon. They've been uh, doing nils for years with God. So Obviously. they paid God for his name, image, and I likeness. I think they paid God. I think God has hmm. been a booster in Clemson. I don't know why he wouldn't be with an SEC team, but sure, he went to Clemson. Mm, yeah. So look, I, look, oh, Dabo's not a proponent of it. I just find it funny. Uh, you know, just it's. I just I, I don't I I can't understand how this works on people. This just in Dabo. NCAA now investigating Clemson. Right, yeah. <laughs> Is God gonna have to testify? Yeah. <laughs> He's above reproach. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, well, that was funny. And uh, I guess usually you go from a, lighter, uh, a sadder note to a lighter note. Unfortunately, guys, um, some sad news out of the NFL yeah, today. Franco Harris. Yeah, but let, let, let's let's. Let's go back to one of the greatest plays in NFL history, shall we? Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Look! Franco Harris! Grab the ball on the deflection. Franco Harris... Uh... Steelers Hall of Fame running back passed away uh, last night at the age of 72. Harris's son, Doc, told the Associated Press uh, no cause of death uh, was given. Of course, what you just heard, the immaculate reception, giving the Steelers their first ever playoff win in 1972. Um, considered the most iconic play in NFL history, Harris ran for 12,120 yards and run four Super Bowl rings with the Steelers in the 70s. And they're retiring his number this week. I know. Like, something? how did you not do that already? Yeah. I know right. they don't really have many retired numbers. I don't know if they have any retired numbers. I think it's just a new thing for them. But, but this like, feels like a safe bet to do earlier. Yeah. No? Right. I mean, what question. are you doing? 
I mean, any of those guys from the Super Bowl, the four Super Bowls, their numbers should have been retired. It's I mean, like when the Mets did the statue for yeah. Seaver. Like, what, 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 have, yeah, you what, been, you so what have you been up to? Exactly. Do football right. teams get away with it more because of the Ring of Honor stuff? I guess. I know the so. Giants had the Ring of Honor. The Jets had the I Ring guess. of Honor. Dallas has had it for years. Yeah, Green Bay has one. Yeah, I, I guess. But, I mean, that... If you're you going to do it, it you, 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 do who it. are you doing it for? You're doing it for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... Kurt Galley on the call there. Um, gosh, I remember that game. Um, I, I I enjoyed watching the Steelers. That was the beginning of that, you know, yeah, the, 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 the Steel Curtain era. Right? Yeah, and the, absolutely. You know, the starting of that. And I always remember criticism about Franco Harris. Oh, he's a, he's not like Earl Campbell. He runs out of bounds. He he could he could get more yardage, but he runs out of bounds. And he was criticized for that. Yep. But, you know, the fact that he did, he, he lengthened his career a little bit. There's no question yeah. about that, especially I, in that era. <laughs> I think Earl Campbell uh, has oh, probably wished he would. Absolutely. Run. And look, Earl Campbell was. I mean, just as oh, a highlight. <laughs> I oh. mean, they don't make them no, they like don't. that anymore. But uh, Tyler yeah. Rose. Yeah. Oh, he was. He, I mean, he. There, there was. You talk about taking on defenders. Oh my God! That one. <laughs> that one clip of him against the Rams, where he puts his head down and the jerseys. Yes. Ri- you saw that as a kid. You're like, oh my God, who is this guy? <laughs> and isn't it interesting how how big Franco was? You look at him as a as a running back. He was he was like a linebacker almost. Mm-hmm. He was huge, and you look and he was. You see him running. He was considered fast for his day. You look at you look at some other guys running right. today. That's like he's really not running that fast. But for his day, he was fast, and he 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 was almost like a fullback. He was he was big. He could take the punishment and roll off. And he was he was a tremendous running back. Was, and think about a, all the great Steelers that they've had over all the different years. He is yeah. still one of the most popular players Absolutely. in the franchise's history. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's him and Bradshaw. Yep. It's him and the Bradshaw. Italian, what was it? Franco's Italian Army. And, yeah, I that's mean, right. I, I mean, had a, what a run, huh? Oh, it's amazing. It was amazing. It was, a, it was a tough loss. It's a tough loss. Sad day. Rest in peace to Franco Harris. Um, Andrew Whitworth, uh, the former Rams offensive lineman, was on Greeny earlier mm. today. Um, he talked about things that Zach Wilson needs to do to improve. And I just think for Zach, it's like, hey, man, just play the position. And I think so much of it is you see the dynamic arm strength. You see the plays he can make when he's on and he's in the moment. But there's just too many plays that are just, hey, guys are open. Just make the throw in timing and rhythm of what we're trying to do. And just control the offense. I know people hate the game manager word. But just game manage. Just play good, solid NFL quarterback. And then all those skills you have to make those other plays, that's the added advantage of you. But play the quarterback position the best and the most consistent you can for us to have success. And Dan Orlovsky kind of think of that. Well, Dan Orlovsky kind of told us that too, right, guys? Just it seems like Zach does such a good job at all the off-schedule stuff, and but you see it in, in in a lot of the games he's had this year, missing Garrett Wilson wide open over the middle, missing Elijah Moore. It's all these timing routes that he's just not not getting down. And and Steve Young was on earlier this week with the guys um, on Monday, and he said that. At the, you probably know what you have in Mike White, right? I don't think Mike White's going to get any better as a quarterback. He's going to be but what he is. How do we know in, that? Well, how do we know that? We guys played eight games. Now, look, he's gotten hurt a couple of times, so maybe right. that he just—he's not physically able to play the position. But like, how do we know what Mike White is through eight games, but we don't know what Zach Wilson is through twenty? Well, I, I guess from Steve's perspective, Gordon, I think he thinks there's just a higher ceiling for Zach yeah, because maybe. he can do those off-schedule things and those things that not every quarterback can do, 
But okay. at the same time, but, but, if he can never do the easy stuff, what does it matter? Yeah, but I mean, we've seen 20 games of it that the, 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 the scale of outcomes is wide. With Mike White, we don't really know what the ceiling is. We've, he's gotten two games this year, basically. Like, I think that there's more to find. I know at this point for me, Mike, uh, Zach Wilson's probably not the guy here. And, and I, don't, I don't even know if he could turn it around here, given the, the, the locker room dynamic and everything there. I, I don't know about Mike White. I, I, I think that there's more to find out about him over the last stretch of games here and, and to find out for sure that the next quarterback of the Jets is not on this roster right now. Do you think Mike White can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the I Jets? I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't think that Zach Wilson can be. And I really think we're talking about Zach Wilson overthinking things. I think all of us in the media now are overthinking things, right? Zach Wilson, he's just got to go out and play the quarterback position. Steve Young the other day saying, well, yeah, he has some problems down to down. That's the position. That's down to down. Yes. Yeah. And I get it. He's, he's super talented. He's way more talented. Every year in, the end, in every draft, there's guys that are taken that are super. Everybody who's getting drafted is super talented. And most of them don't work out. Yeah. A lot of them don't work out a quarterback for the Jets. Because they're system quarterbacks. A lot of them are system quarterbacks. They're built to fit the system that they go that they play for in college. And then when you move them up and you make the adjustments and they go to teams, because remember, the really the really good ones are going to teams that aren't that good. <laughs> so you find out a lot about a lot about them early and you look at the thing with Zach Wilson, and the bottom line is here's the bottom line, guys. He hasn't gotten better. No. No, he hasn't. That's the bottom line. He hasn't and, gotten better. And I will give you, I will grant you, it might be that Mike White is not good. Right. But I think that that's far more up in the, I've seen far more from Mike White in the short sample size I have from him that makes me think, you know what, maybe I could, and you know who else has? The Jet players. Yeah. I also take I also take exception to people saying, well, you know, it's a young coaching staff. Yes, that's true. It is a young coaching staff. But Mike White has seemed to find a way to make things work with Mike LaFleur in this West Coast offense. Um, and with a, uh, a quarterback coach in Kavanaugh who may not be Greg Knapp, but he's managed to run this offense, and they're not running it any differently with Zach versus uh, versus Mike White, you would think. Maybe there's a couple different plays, but it's the same basic offense, and Mike White's done it in this season and last season, arguably better than Zach. So, And, and the idea that, well, the Jets as, a, as an organization, they know about Mike White because they see him at practice— the problem with that is they've gotten everything with Zach Wilson wrong every step of the way from the moment they picked him. They picked the wrong guy. Yeah. And they've gotten it wrong. They said he was going to be better this year. He hasn't been better this year. They said this thing and that thing. It's been wrong the entire time. So I don't know that I'd really be trusting their judgment either. And, and Dan said that, you know, obviously this is not something that can be fixed in season. Probably have to take another offseason. I'm not saying trade Zach I'm Wilson yet. I'm not banking my future on that. No, well, that, and that's fine, right, Gordon? So if you, look, if, if you want to make it a legit quarterback competition between Mike White and Zach Wilson next year, that's fine. I wouldn't say trade Zach Wilson right away just yet. Uh, 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 what would be the point? You're not going to. He's not at a high value right now. Keep him. And if you don't think Mike White is the guy that should be competing with him for the quarterback position, then well, find somebody else. How are you going to rebuild his value? I mean, like if you can get a third round pick for Zach Wilson and you know he's not your, you're just guy, gonna, you'd take it right now. I'd take it. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to find my guy. I got a team that it, it's pointed in the right direction. I got some really foundational pieces here. It's going to get harder to continue to build and, and add talent to this because we're not going to be picking top five, top ten every single year. We're not going to have multiple picks in the first round every single year. I got to I got to get this squared away and I got to do it yesterday. All right, then who's going to pick him? 
can't be, can't be, well, can't well, be encouraging it's, him. It's a veteran, you know, a veteran from someplace else. Um, I'm not going down the, 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 the draft route again. We've tried mm-hmm. that a couple of times. That's not worked out. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't say take somebody developmental down, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets are not going to be picking all that high in the first no, round. No. And I wouldn't think that somebody's going to drop to them. I don't think they're going to be trading picks to move up to get them. So, yeah. Don said earlier this week, I think he said it yesterday, if Daniel Jones was the Jets quarterback, they'd be in the playoffs already. Or yeah. they, and, and but I, they might, he might not have the highest ceiling either. Right. right. No, he might not. Uh, it just, it just goes to show you the quarterback uh, situation. He's more capable. This year. Right. He oh, looks like a more, more capable, capable quarterback. That's not even a question. Absolutely. He does. And, he and he might, you know, I mean, who knows what the ceiling I really wouldn't know what his ceiling is because he's not dealing with the weapons that, that Zach Wilson's been gotten, right? If, yeah. if you gave Daniel Jones, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, the running backs that he's had so far this year, I, I would feel a whole lot better about things. I mean, just one of each. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Guys, I'm just, I'm just killing the clock for you. we got one more thing to do. I know Larry Gordon's been so excited. He's been able to record The Point, which is the NHL show that shows up on ESPN2 yes. and the 4 o'clock hour now that now that a lot of things have, 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 gone, uh, have gone away and they've been able to mm-hmm. do that show more. Gordon's mm-hmm. so excited. He gets to watch yes. Ardo Cal and Rick DiPietro and all the people that do that show. Who? Uh, that's right. Oh, Rick DiPietro. Well, you know Rick. Yes, yes I do. Oh, my Rick. goodness. Well, I do know Rick. Yes. well, yesterday on the show, yes. there was an injury. Who's got well, who? Camille? I think Camille. Oh, cookies. Who is the glue of the NHL? Oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it with me. I'll oh just take my it. Good. No, it's fine. Oh, what my God. I just took a ginger snap right off the face. Oh, Breaking news here on the point. Oh. Camille, the glue of the NHL and the ESPN department, just took out a tooth from Rick DiPietro. What? Unbelievable. So they threw a cookie at Rick. And his tooth and he, fell out? He try, it, the tooth didn't fall out. He tried oh, okay. to catch it in his mouth, and oh, okay. it hit the top of his lip, and the top of his lip got bloody. So Rick On is now cookie? Rick is now day-to-day. With, How hard were these cookies? With a, with a lip injury. Hey, he, he fought through he Who fought baked through these it. cookies? He fought through it today, because he was on the show today. So we give Rick credit for that, but we just have to make sure we have to just keep checking the status. He can't be going on the IL after getting hit with a cookie. No, no. I mean, he fought through it. He's a competitor. And we love Rick. And watch the uh, point, by the way. Uh, we'll watch the point, but uh, you said that wasn't the that wasn't the hockey puck. You know what, Larry? If if you're throwing a cookie hard enough to hurt somebody, something's wrong with the cookie, or somebody's throwing Jacob Degrom 99 miles an hour. You know what I'm saying? That's scary. Yeah, even at a cookie at 99 miles, I think that'd be one hard cookie. Yeah, they were left in too long. I, I think that's a safe assumption right there. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for ENN on this Wednesday. There we All go. Right. Nice job, Coach. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.